All right, this is AP and Spence. We're two lawyers talking college sports and sports law in general. This is our first episode of the 2021 year. How are you feeling today, AP? Feel good. It feels like a new year, Spence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like it's fresh. It's new. It's uh, it's. I don't have to write two zero. And everyone's gonna say you better put twenty twenty, or someone's gonna rig it. No, no, no. I'm just putting twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. And no, no more of this four year. No. I'm not wasting time with that. Yeah. That's gonna save me at least six, seven seconds a day. Absolutely. To spend on other things that I'm interested. <laughs> in. So yeah, twenty one, twenty twenty one is gonna be a good year. Uh, I think, um, you know, uh, we got vaccines on the way. Yep, absolutely. You know, um, and I so I, there's going to be a new president. There's going to be a new president, and uh, yeah, so we have a new new government. We got vaccines. I feel like uh, we're going to get through this coronavirus. I just have that feeling, Spence, yeah, that yeah. by summer, fall, sports is back. Things are going to things are going to be happening. We're right in the middle of uh, of a really kind of tumultuous uh, basketball season, college basketball season, and NBA. Yeah, right. I mean, you've got um, you've got a lot of games getting canceled on an almost daily basis. Uh, you know, games are getting canceled uh, for coronavirus issues, coronavirus protocol, mm-hmm. not necessarily positive tests. Yeah. So, I, yeah. you know, I don't know who's making these determinations, but I know BYU had a game against Pacific that was supposed to be played last night, and they ended up playing Gonzaga instead and got killed. But I, Well, I know who's making the decision. Who's making the decision? There's one person that's making the decision. He's got a little laptop and he's got he's in a Starbucks like yeah. in Maryland and it's Dr. Fauci. Oh, Dr. He's Fauci. He's making all of them. He's making all of this. Okay, <laughs> Fauci's a brilliant man. But uh, yeah, so so I it's just I, so but the game against Pacific was canceled yeah. due to COVID protocols. That was the reason. Not a positive test. Pacific had a positive test like yeah. 3 or 4 weeks ago. Yeah. COVID protocols. But Who's setting these protocols? You know, I mean, what what are you hearing? I, I I don't even know. Yeah, it's one of those things. I'm sure it's it's conference based, in the conference or at least the institutional say this. We have to do A, B, and C, and D. One of those steps get missed. They think then we're not taking a risk. Cancel it all. We screwed up a step. Um, and I get what they're doing because you can't take any risks with any of this. Right? You end up having the whole team get coronavirus and got to sit out three weeks. Um, but it's going to be interesting because schools, I think, are starting to consider high schools are considering opening up yeah, pretty soon. Absolutely. I, I know my sons, and then that goes to the same for youth sports. I know yeah, my sons yeah. are uh, called or uh, youth baseball is a go. I mean, we're playing, it's a shortened season, but it's a go here in Oregon. Yeah. We're one of the most strict lockdown States in the union. So it's really, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think some changes are coming and we'll see, but uh, you know, every rule, as you say, is made to be broken. Yeah, right, Spence? Right. So we're going to break these protocol rules. If, if anybody is going to break them, you're going to, no, 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 let's follow the rules. But it's interesting. Safe. It's interesting to me that, you know, you go up and down the West coast and even, and even as you go further in that there's different rules for lockdowns in Oregon versus Washington versus California. Versus Idaho, Utah, Arizona. Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, I know later today we're going to be talking to uh, one of the compliance guys at Arizona State. They're in Arizona. You know, they're they're open basically. I mean, they have they have to wear masks and they're careful, but they're pretty much open. Uh, why yeah. are they any different than what we're, what's going on here in Oregon? I, that's the question. I still don't know the answer. To. Well, I'm pretty sure that I mean, my guess, I'm no expert, is is the government structure. Whatever government they have in place that decides this is how we'll keep our people the safest or this is what we think is important. 
and then they make those determinations, you know, and, and that's why you have 50 states. They can probably make 50 different kind of interpretations unless there's some kind of federal mandate of some sort. And, uh, you know, Arizona, their officials are saying this is what we think can happen. And other states are saying this is what can happen. And, you know, and, and but that makes it inconsistent when you're dealing with a, like a conference. Right. Or across the board, you got states that aren't playing football and states that I mean, you go watch a Georgia football game and you got 60,000 I mean, people are just all over the place. They're eating chicken wings. They're watching the game. And you got other states that aren't they can't even play. That's right. And you're dealing with the same virus, but it's just when you have 50 different – we, you know, we highlighted this, Spence. If you recall, we talked about that being a possibility way back when we had Joseph Wood from USC on the thing a year ago, whatever right. that was. Yeah, like and, right at the – right when this was getting going. Getting going. We said there's going to be different rules for different states, and how are they going to mandate that when there's inconsistencies? And we weren't sure yet. Right. And here's how it's working, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Well, let's let's move on from all this coronavirus stuff. It, it's 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 still going on. It's still going to exist. Vaccines coming. Let's get better. And and you have a mask that says Rona, right? That's, right. That's what I, you're. I, yeah, Rona sucks. Something like that. That's what <laughs> okay. I want to have. Yeah. But but let's talk about Arizona. Okay, the state of the Arizona. state of Arizona. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know you've been to Arizona. I have. I've lived there for a brief period of time. You did. Where'd you live? It's a city called Surprise, Arizona. And I got a great story for you, Spencer. Okay, I can't wait to hear so it. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, surprised by it. <laughs> Surprise, Arizona is they do a lot of the the minor league training there. Like 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 the, you know, the um, summer season, you know, when when people will come and uh, you know, they'll have uh, uh, people from all all over the country. This is where baseball is played. Right. The minor league. Or it's the pros that come with their right. cactus league yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, it's called, right? And so I have a story. So I'm so Surprise Arizona is a suburb of Phoenix. Okay. Small little town uh, that's growing a little bit. But I was in a theater in in Surprise Arizona. How old are you? This. Oh, this I, you know I'm like uh, 22. Okay. 23, and I walk into a bathroom and in this movie theater in Surprise Arizona, and right next to me is a rod. A-Rod, like Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez, the baseball player, okay. is right next to me. Just me and him in the restroom doing what guys do in the restroom. Okay. And I look to my left, and I'm like, that's A-Rod. And so him and I enjoyed a moment of um, using the restroom together. Congratulations. You're welcome. And, and that was me and A-Rod. And, and when we were done, we washed our hands together. He looked at me. I looked at him, and he said, how are you doing? And and like a like a nerd, I was like, I'm gonna pretend like I don't know who he is, uh -huh. right? And I just said, I'm I'm doing good. How are you doing? And he said, Fine. And uh, and that was it. And then we left. But then afterwards, you know, I was like screaming, yelling. I was telling people I should I, I should have had like my phone out. But yeah, so that was my experience of surprise Arizona. You were surprised by your visit with Arizona. I, I really was. Did you see how I did that? Yeah, again? you brought it in. I like that. And, you know, I used to run a basketball league for okay. a short period of time. Uh, in, in Surprise, Arizona. But you know what I liked about Arizona most is the August monsoon season. Okay. It, it would be, you know, 50 million degrees. But then the rains would move in and you could smell it on the asphalt. I mean, if people that have been to Arizona know exactly what I'm talking about. Big storms, lightning, the whole thing. It was The August storms were, were fantastic. The other rest of the months of, like, you know, May, June, July, you could cook an egg on yeah, your like forehead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100, yeah, 122 or something like that. We're talking face of the, the Mars, man. I mean, that was intense. Um, have you, what's your experience of Arizona? Yeah, so I've been to Arizona a couple of times. Uh, you know, I had a good friend who's from Page, Arizona, the northern part, mm -hmm. just outside of, uh, uh, just outside, just on the border of Utah. And then, uh, but my brother actually got married in June 
in Arizona, uh, my brother Thomas. And great, beautiful wedding. It was awesome. Like the, the, the wedding itself was great. Being outside, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. Mm-hmm. But what was really struck me as weird was it was a beautiful day. I mean, you looked outside, this, there was not a cloud in the sky. And I remember as I woke up and looked outside, I thought, gosh, if I, if I was in the Pacific Northwest right now, every single person would be outside, right? Yeah. Every person oh. would be outside. There would be water fights. There'd be people in parks. There'd be everything. So we ended up getting all dressed and going to my brother's wedding. He got married in the early afternoon. So we're driving. It's like one o'clock in the afternoon. We're driving to the church where he's going to get married. Uh, and there was no one outside. Zero people. It looked like a ghost town. I mean, we were driving. It was a suburb of, of, of Chandler, Arizona, or Gilbert, Arizona. And there was nobody outside. I just remember that really struck me as weird because it was 115 degrees outside and no one wanted to be outside. So you drove from point A to point B, you got out of your air conditioned home into your air conditioned car and moved and went to the air conditioned church or wherever or restaurant. And you were outside for a period of 30 seconds. And even that was too much for me. It's intense. I mean, I've went on walks in Arizona or tried working out outside or playing basketball when it's like, you know, 107 outside. It lasts about five, 10 minutes. Yeah, and then I'm thinking, this isn't, we shouldn't live here. Yeah. Let's shut the state down and go somewhere else. You know, it's a beautiful town. It's a beautiful city. <laughs> they got great sports. Yeah. They have good food. Yeah. You know, they have a good, good people. Good people. They have a fajitas. This is my favorite place in Arizona. It's a place called, called fajitas. Okay. Derek DeLong, my friend that lives in Arizona, uh, knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. It's a great place. Um, but, you know, Arizona, Speaking of Arizona, I mean, they have Arizona and Arizona State. You got Northern Arizona. That's right. And otherwise, you know, let's not go there, Spence. (laughs) You know, no offense to people of Arizona, but it's hot, man. I mean, there's no no getting around it. You can go a little over west and you can get to Southern California or a little bit kind of west north and you can get to Vegas, which is still hot, but, but they have bigger casinos to get air conditioning in. And otherwise, yeah, I mean, you got the. Have you been to the Grand Canyon? Never been to the Grand Canyon. Well, that's not true. I've been to one of the rims of the Grand Canyon. I was there for just a moment. We were driving back with my friend from Page, and we and we just stopped in and checked it out. And I know exactly what happened. You did a yoga pose on the edge of the rim. That's right. And you got put it on your Facebook for like two years. That's right. That was my that was my Facebook pro- <laughs> profile. No, no, Facebook wasn't even really around back then when I was. There. You hadn't uh, invented yeah, it. Yet. I correct. Yeah, uh, I was. I was just. Uh, I was just. Uh, that was like two thousand one or two okay. when I was. Done. You were on MySpace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, that was a long time ago. But, um, but you know, speaking of Arizona, you 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 mentioned there's three D one schools there in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, Grand Canyon is also there. Yeah, private. It's a, it's a public one, right? right. I mean, you know, where they no private. I'm sorry, private, private meaning you can pay to go there. And yeah. but yeah, Grand Canyon University, Grand Canyon University. the purple cactus. No, the antelopes. Or the antelopes. Lows. Have a purple but, cactus. How cool would that, that would be? would be pretty cool. They are yeah. there. Their color is purple. Yeah. But, one of those schools that you mentioned, Arizona, is in a little bit of hot water. Speaking of it being hot down there. Oh, it's hot like Tucson, baby. Arizona basketball, if you recall, we've talked about this uh, for a long time. Arizona basketball is one of the schools, one of the big players in the Adidas recruitment scandal. And just for the listeners who maybe have didn't listen to that episode or whatever, that that is, that is, a, is a big deal. Basically what was happening is, there were uh, recruits who were being enticed to go to certain schools based on runners that were being paid by Adidas, the shoe company, to basically 
get these kids to Adidas programs and schools that then they would, after they got done and made their mark on basketball and went to the NBA would then be Arizona or Adidas, Adidas like uh, uh, brands. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that was the idea. So they were trying to recruit, they would recruit all these kids to these big time programs, Louisville, Arizona state, Kansas, South Carolina, Oklahoma state is another school. Now Oklahoma state, uh, was dinged by the NCAA with a one-year postseason ban. They appealed it. Now they're eligible this year, lo and behold, since they have the number one probably NBA draft pick. It's amazing. But yes. Arizona Arizona decided that they were going to self-impose a one-year postseason ban this year, which different than LSU and you know some other schools that have self-imposed bowl season bans, Arizona is a dang good basketball program. And they are, I mean, I think they're eight or nine and one already. They, they would be a shoe in probably a four or five or a six seed this year. They're legit. Um, they could, you know, get hot maybe and, and make a eight elite eight run or something. But they, they did a self-imposed one year postseason ban. Now they were found to have five level one violations, including lack of institutional control among others. So what what are you hearing about these? First of all, I guess what are the what are the allegations that are being brought up against them, and what do you think about what do you think about the penalty that they self imposed? Yeah, so this what happened there it goes to the heart of amateurism. It's like really one of the more serious violations that can happen. You're paying for players, right? And lack of institutional control, failure to monitor, uh, head coach responsibility violations. You know, these are all majors and big problems where the school's not monitoring, the programs are out of control, the head coaches know what's going on. The head coach apparently is the one doing it. Right. You right. know, part of the testimony in this case was because there was an FBI uh, investigation associated with one of the assistants at, at Arizona. And in his sworn testimony, they played a tape recording of him speaking to another one of these runners, right? about how Sean Miller, the head coach of Arizona, was going to be paying DeAndre Ayton, Ayton, the number one recruiter, one of the top recruits a couple years ago, $10,000 a month to play for Arizona out of his own personal salary. Now, what's wrong there? I mean, what's the violation there? Well, violation one is coaches are getting paid too much. I mean, well, I mean, if you can pay for one recruit 10000 a month out of your own pocket like it's nothing, uh, you're getting a lot of money, Spence. That's so one. Let's look at that uh, from an economics perspective. Uh, schools, two. You're paying for recruits. I mean, that goes to the heart of it. That's you're not supposed to do that. The NBA has rules on this too. I don't know if you saw that the Clippers were looking at what happened with Kawhi Leonard, and they're like, wait a minute. You know, was do we have some of their administrators paying for you know Kawhi Leonard? access or right. Kawhi Leonard to be there. Right. You can't do it. You have to set parameters because otherwise it would just be like whoever can pay the most gets the best players. They're trying to get away from it. That isn't fair. We want rules. We don't want just whoever has a billionaire booster. I mean, if Elon Musk is the BYU booster and he just goes, well, that's it. We're going to go buy 50 of the best players. Now BYU wins the national championship every year. You love it. And nobody else loves it. And the school falls apart, right? right? right and right. so that we're trying to avoid that. And so that's the problem, right? So it's an inducement. You're paying for players. It goes to the heart of amateurism. You're not monitoring your program. You're not following NC rules. No coach thinks, you know what? I'm so new to, to coaching. I didn't realize I couldn't pay for top. Every, every coach knows this. You, you just know it. This, Even, is like, this is like compliance 101. If I asked my mom, who knows nothing about compliance, and, and I said, do you think a coach could just straight up pay cash to get a recruit, mom? 
she'd probably say, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right. Right. I mean, anybody's going to think, right. you know, so they knew what they're doing. And well, now, allegedly, we have to say that Sean Miller has denied doing this. Yeah. Allegedly. And, and, and so this is allegedly. All right. That's important to say. Yeah. But but I guess what, what do you think about this one year postseason ban that they self-imposed? These seem like, you know, you say major. These are level one violations. They found five level one violations against yeah. Arizona. Yeah, it's not it's not enough. They could actually get between two to five years of a postseason ban. One year, even though they're good this year, I don't think it's enough. I think the NCAA is going to enhance it to two. That's my guess. Now, that second year really hurts because you don't make postseason this year, but then you don't make it next year. So your next recruits are like, gosh, I'm going to play here several years without making the postseason. Do I really want to do that? Not really. You know, I'm going to go somewhere else, you know. And so and if they hit him with a three-year, forget it. Arizona's off the map. And so I think Arizona's got some dark clouds forming. They're going to hang around for a while. And I think the NCAA is going to enhance their penalty. I really do. Because USC, how long was USC's uh, penalty? It was two-year bowl ban, but they also let everybody transfer and be eligible right away. Right. And so we lost a bunch of players, and then they hit him with scholarships too. So if they tell Arizona, hey, you know, normally you would get um, X number of scholarships per year. Let's say it's three. We're going to limit, you're going to ding it. So now you can only sign up one new recruit for the next three years, plus a couple of years, and not go in the postseason ban. You're going to feel that for a while. Absolutely. You're going to just immediately bounce back. It could take you two or three years to bounce back. So you have a dark window of five years, and then you never know when that changes, and then they can't capture the mojo back, right? Because there's other programs in the Pac 12 and other places, and all of a sudden, before you know it, it could wreck a dynasty that can't find its way back. Yeah. Well, the question, you know, the question for me that I, I keep coming back to is, if they, if the NCA can prove whether or not these things happen, because the NCA doesn't really have like subpoena power, right? Like, like the, like the FBI has subpoena power, and yeah. when they're bringing these criminal charges against them and they're taking them to federal court, they have subpoena power, which, which, which says, you know, you basically can reach in and get this information and evidence. The NCA doesn't have subpoena power, right? So, no. so how can they prove that these allegations took place? Yeah, well, they can use what the FBI was able to get and may turn over to them. Um, you know, they can uh, – they do have tools. I mean, there's – schools have coaches go through monitoring software to look at phone calls and who they've been calling, right. emails, work emails. So anything they were doing at work, they can get – the school can get that. The NCAA can get that. Um, they can ask the questions. Now, if they're lying to them, they catch them later. They can enhance the penalties. Um, but that's about all they can do. And then really they can make – make a reasonable conclusion and then they could say, well, you weren't cooperating with us. Right. And so because of that, we're going to find you guilty. NC could do that. And so, yeah, they don't have subpoena power, but then they could just say, fine, you're going to, then you can lawyer up and you can fight it. And it's a back and forth sort of thing. But yeah. I think what's hurting these people is the FBI went in and found evidence and the FBI is just, I think going to turn it over to the schools and say, or the NCAA say, here you go. And now the NCAA has it directly from the FBI. We got you on tape. We got this, we got this admission. We got that. You're done. Yeah. That's going to be real tough. It'll be, it'll be curious to see, a, what the NCAA does, because they're still going through that process. And then B, if Sean Miller keeps his job. I mean, you know, Sean Miller is an elite coach. I mean, he's one of the elite guys, uh, elite recruiter, uh, seems to be, you know, he's made deep runs in the NCAA over and over and over again. Uh, he's a heck of a coach, heck of a, you know, uh, recruiter. And so it'll be interesting to see how the NCAA I mean, could the NCA impose a specific penalty on Sean Miller if these allegations are found to be all true? Yeah, and I think they will. I think they'll say a 10-year, 15-year show cause order. So if the school lets him go, another school's going to have to show cause, specifically why he has to be the one to get hired. It can make him never coach in college basketball again. 
and maybe part of the penalties. Hey, if you get if you terminate those involved, we'll lessen your penalties. If you don't terminate those involved, these are your penalties, and it's your choice. Right. You can choose what you want to do. I don't think Sean Miller survives this. I don't think you can have something this severe. And it all gets investigated, and it's found out to be true. I think they can void his contract. They're going to want to start fresh. They're not going to just say, yeah, this guy was buying recruits. All these problems happen. But we're retaining him, and he's still the face of our franchise. I, I just think that isn't going to happen. Your Schools generally move on from those people. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the NCAA responds. It'll be interesting to see what kind of further penalties, if any, uh, the NCAA gives uh, Arizona. But, you know, I guess that, you know, we'll just we'll just keep an eye on it. But I, I feel like we should just continue this Arizona theme throughout the show. What do you think? I like it. I like it. it it's it's lit. Spence is on fire, just like Arizona and what all the cool kids say like you. But that's all right. All right. What does that sound mean, AP? We're going to the phones. That's right. We're going to the phones. And this uh, going to the phones is brought to us by Welch, Brune & Green. We're a law firm based in Portland, Oregon. We specialize in workers' compensation, personal injury, Social Security Disability, and what else, AP? Collegiate Sports Law. We can do anything a compliance office could do, plus more. We can review coaches' contracts. We can help with an investigation. We can help you draft or rewrite policies and procedures that you have for your athletic department or compliance office. Uh, we can audit for you. Uh, give us a call. We'll help you out. Absolutely. What's the best way to get in contact with us? I think phone is great, Spencer. Me 503 221 Ask for Aaron or Spencer. You can also go to our website, which is at wbgatty.com. You could email us directly at our Gmail account, which is college sports attorneys at gmail.com. Or you can email me at skelly at wbgatty.com. Or what else? A price at wbgatty.com. Give us a call. You won't regret it. All right, here we are going to the phones. And AP, who do we have on the phones today? We have a gentleman by the name of Brad Chandler. A friend of the show. Friend of the show. He's been on before. Works uh, in athletic compliance at Arizona State. And uh, he and, and another gentleman sort of really run the day-to-day -day operations, I think, of, of Arizona State. There is a head of the compliance office, but but he, he I think, does a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff with another person, from what I remember. And, and great guy. Really knows compliance. Knows the rules. Been around a long time. Uh, I consider him a friend. You know, he, he always has good insights, good thoughts. I, I leaned on him a lot. Um, and so, Brad, how are you doing, sir? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm glad I'm coming back for the second time, so I, I at least uh, passed the first test. So appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> the test is it's a pretty high bar for sure. Oh, really high <laughs> bar. Yeah, you got, you got to nail it. Yeah, but no, no, I knew you would. So, you know – Brad, we're kind of focusing on uh, obviously COVID's thrown a big wrinkle in this whole year and made things kind of strange. But uh, how's how's basketball working? Have you heard that? Is there going to be any disruption? Is March Madness going to happen? Are you hearing anything at all? You know, everything's been positive so far. You know, obviously, you guys probably saw on the news that you know every all competition for March Madness is going to take place in in Indiana. Um, you know, based on Indianapolis. So, you know, multi-site, um, maybe not something as expensive and locked down as the, the NBA's, you know, bubble down there in Orlando, but um, trying to do something similar. So everything that I'm hearing is that's what they're going to be shooting for. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, as you guys have seen, so many 
programs are losing games to these COVID postponements and cancellations. So it'll be really interesting to see, similar to the college football playoff, of how do you select teams to get into this thing who have, you know, anywhere from, you know, 15 to 27 games played. So, um, but yeah, all, all, all positive signs thus far uh, from our end. How do, how do you think that would work from a, like, a compliance perspective? If, if it happens in a bubble and everybody's there for – a couple of weeks, maybe a week and a half, or would you travel over there and and hang out during that time? Have you guys thought about any of those logistics? You know, that, that that's a good question. Um, I, I traveled with our uh, MS basketball program once this year, and um, outside of that, you know, they're keeping the bubble really, um, really small. You know, so at, we're not even having you know uh, managers travel. So really, we're having a an extra student athlete serving in kind of a manager role. So with the bubbles that small, you know, um, you know, I'd like to think some compliance folks should be around there um, just because, you know, we do more than just, you know, big brother look out for compliance things. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all kind of administrators to help administrate the sport um, and oversee the sport. So um, I got to imagine, you know, a decent amount of us will be out there um, helping run the thing. Um, so it is hopefully my, my school makes it. So. Yeah, and Arizona State so far has had a good good season. Uh, what is what are you guys doing specifically? I, I mean, you said you you have a pretty small bubble. I, I assume that applies to not only practices but then games as well. I mean, is it obviously have things just completely changed for the basketball program as far as how they operate on a day to day basis? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just from. You know, from the testing, um, you know, who's allowed, uh, allowed around, you know, you used to be able to, you know, have either donors or high school coaches, recruits, you know, so many different uh, NBA scouts, you know, all these folks come through practice and be around the program, former players. Um, but, you know, if you're not into our testing protocol, um, you can't be around. Um, and, you know, we really just don't allow anyone else in the gym. So, um, you know, a lot of our administrative staff, you know, we get tested on, you know, a daily, weekly basis. So, um, you know, we're kind of meeting that, that protocol, that threshold. But, but yeah, it's just, it's just different. Um, it's just those guys in the locker room and the coaches. And, it, you know, I think it, I'd like to believe it brings kind of a, a nice family, you know, tight-knit atmosphere, um, you know, which hopefully will help, you know, long-term and in the long, long run, you know, on the basketball court. But, um, yeah, it's just unique. It's just been, but yeah, it's just a, a weird year. So, Brad, it sounds like you've had to go through that COVID test yourself personally on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, if you're going to be around, especially when, you know, when I was traveling, um, you know, you got to meet the certain, um, you know, testing protocols and whatnot. So I had to get tested, um, you know, just like the guys get tested. So, um, so, yeah, that was just a unique process to kind of see what they did go through. You know, they're waking up every day and getting tested, you know, at 8-something in the morning. Um, you know, no matter what they have. So, um, and, and, you know, day in, day out. So um, kudos to those guys that, you know, they want to play, they want to be out on the court and, you know, they're sacrificing a little bit. Um, you know, we, we, we as you know, compliance officers or, or fans may think that that's, you know, that's an easy thing to go through, but, you know, it's just another wrinkle that's been thrown onto their, uh, uh, you know, thrown into their season. 
Yeah, it's just another thing to worry about and stress about and uh, hoping you're not the one that tests positive all of a sudden causes problems for anybody. And there's a lot to it. I, you yeah. know. Did you get any feedback from football on how, how the season went? I mean, uh, what, you know, what were they saying? I mean, it was kind of a strange year, I thought, in a lot of ways. You know, like, for example, the Trojans, you know, they declined a bowl game. Uh, the Ducks made the Pac-12 championship sort of by default. Some games were canceled. I mean, was there positive feedback that, hey, we, at least we got to play and things are fine, we got through it, or no, like that that was didn't work that well and we hope next year it's different? Or just curious about that. Yeah, you know, we're, we lost three games in a row uh, due to, you know, COVID issues. So, you know, we'd like to just kind of move on from this year. And, and we opted out of the bowl game. So we kind of just want to move away from this year because it's – um. The, the testing protocols and the, um, the, the the contact tracing it's just it's a, it's a difficult thing to uh, to wrap your your head around and to conduct and uh, it just there's so much that goes into playing a college football game and then you throw this into it, it just um, it's made this whole year difficult. I know I know BYU I'm a I'm a BYU grad I know we at the beginning of this of the year before the coronavirus restrictions. BYU and Arizona State were going to play a game, and I was really looking forward to the game. Uh, but then that got canceled because the Pac-12 went, you know, Pac-12 only. Have you heard anything about mm-hmm. about you know games that you like non-conference games that got canceled? Are they going to try to get them rescheduled or anything? Uh, or is are those games just kind of off the off the schedule? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. First of all, you know, I'm selfishly, it's probably a good thing we didn't play uh, BYU because <laughs> BYU would have kicked their butt um, <laughs> after how good they were this year. But, um, but, but you know, it, the way that we're scheduling these non-conference opponents so far out in advance, right. you know, I think they're just going to get dropped off the schedule and, you know, maybe a good faith effort to try to flip some teams back in. But, um, you know, there's so much forecasting and so much, um, you know, future planning of these games that it, it's hard to just kind of flip them in the next year, you know, like, like you would in basketball. Right. Yeah. And then, and, and BYU is in the same spot because we're, because, because BYU is an independent, you know, we have our, you know, we scheduled a home and home with Stanford and, you know, the, the first game was supposed to be this year. And then the, and then they were supposed to come to our place in like 2027 or something like that, you know? So it's like, yeah, that that's how you know far out we're projecting, and I know Pac-12. You guys only have a certain number of non-conference games, so it's even harder for you guys. So, mm-hmm. be interesting mm-hmm. to see how it plays out. Yeah, it's yeah, and BYU, you know, doesn't want to lose a lose a Stanford off the, you know, off the schedule. Like that's you know, those are marquee games. So, yeah, right, and you know, so you know, next year we've got a couple of Big Twelve schools, a couple of Pac-12 schools. Uh, you know, we got a Big Ten school in there. And so, you know, it's like it's hard when our, our schedule is set out for three or four years and Arizona's schedule is set out for three or four years. So who knows if these I, I would have I was really looking forward to the game. I did think it was going to be a good game, but uh, maybe maybe we'll get it one of these years. You know, Brad, what I what I think yeah. was a good game is when USC played Arizona State this year. First game of the year. What you, that was that was ridiculous. Uh, USC had no business winning that game at all. I, that I don't know what happened there, but that was. Anyways, I apologize to you for that because that that was Arizona State outplayed us. That they should have got the win. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so on that, yeah. Well, I, I was 
I, I was in LA for the, the jail Mary a couple of years ago and I got a chance to run around out onto the field after the Hail Mary. So, oh man. I guess we're even now. Yeah, I was there too. Yeah, in tears. I'm still in counseling about it. So yeah, that's it. He, he threw that right back at you. Uh, he did, it. yeah, like he was waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah, two two of the most painful wins and losses. So uh so you know, I guess recruiting obviously has changed a little bit. I've been doing a little reading about it and there's a lot of things done by video and zoom and who can initiate the call and all this do you think some of this stuff once coronavirus finally kind of dissipates a little bit whether it's spring or summer or fall uh will stick around does this change recruiting do you think uh forever on the way things are done or do you think it'll just revert back to the old ways i'm just curious your take on that you know it's interesting because you know when people talk about so many of these businesses and companies that have started the work from home lifestyle um and it works out and they're starting to realize, hey, we can actually do this, you know, from home and we can be successful doing it and we can save a lot of money so forth. I, I think because these coaches have been fo- forced to do this, um, you know, m- maybe this is something that they're going to start doing. And as recruiting budgets, maybe have to get trimmed because of this pandemic. And, you know, a lot of athletic programs don't have the money or are in debt, um, you know, from this year. So maybe recruiting budgets go down so they can't be flying all over the country to meet, um, you know, meet in person or go to certain events or so forth. So um, that'll be really interesting to see. Um, but I think it's it's forced coaches to um, rely on uh, maybe rely on relationships um, and, and rely on you know video evaluation, which is very very difficult. You know, you talk to a lot of different coaches and they'll say, you know, it's nice to. Will first be in the the gym or on the field, and so that that the kid sees you out there, but also that you can size them up, you know, and see if you know how tall uh, you know him or her are, um, you know, it, and so it's just a different uh, you know different way to evaluate. And so I don't think coaches like it from an evaluation standpoint, but as far as building those relationships, I, I think they're able to to do it fine, you know, via Zoom. Um, but then you throw in the piece of just not being able to, to be on campus, which I think is probably the worst part about this all is you have, um, you know, 16 to 18 year old kids that are starting to make these decisions on, you know, very, very, very big decisions on where they're going to go to college and get a degree from. Um, and they can't even go to well, they can go to the school, but they can't meet their coaches, um, see where they're going to spend at least 20 hours of their week at um, and so forth. So, um, and it's really difficult for them. And so, you know, I, I feel for them, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I've heard some schools trying to create sort of either a game day experience or on-campus experience. Uh, is that is that common? Is that happening? Or is that allowed under the NCAA rules? I mean, uh, things about like trying to, let's say you have a basketball recruit that can't be there, but you can put a video into the huddle and run out with them or you know, be in the locker room and then they can kind of watch it as if they were there on a visit or something like that. Any of that stuff going on? Is that, is that, would that be allowed? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, um, you know, some of these bigger budget athletic departments, um, and, and I guess ASU is one of them, you know, we're trying to get real creative and how do you create that game day experience without the kid being there? You know? So, um, you know, videotaping as much stuff as you can and cutting it all up and making it all look nice and fancy and catchy. And then, um, and, and seeing what you come up with, um, because obviously they can't, they can't be there to experience it. So this is kind of what we're dealt with. So, um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, some of the some of the bigger budget departments, they've made some really interesting stuff out there, and I've seen some stuff on Twitter, and some of the stuff that we've had to approve. Um, it's pretty neat, pretty neat, but still, uh, you know, I can't, I don't think it substitutes for the real thing of being there, you know, and feeling the energy of a recruit being down on a field or, you know, on a sideline, you know, during pregame and having everyone screaming and so forth. Yeah. Is there any specific kind of uh, pitfalls that they're not allowed to do with video right now under the recruiting rules, you know, as far as game day stuff, or is it kind of just anything goes? Well, you know, um, if you can remember, you know, in your old days, you know, the biggest thing is just the personalization of the video. Yeah. Um, So a couple of years ago, they relaxed the rules on, uh, you know, recruiting videos. So videos made solely for recruiting purposes. Um, but they can't be personalized. So I think that's probably without getting into the, the, the you know, getting too deep into the weeds. I, I think it really just comes down to that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, in a nutshell. Yeah, you can't just kind of personalize all the stuff for the kids. Same kind of rules there, like rec- recruiting aides, personalizing all of that. And yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Yep. Okay, okay. Well, I guess the last thing I was wondering about, and I know Spencer's interested. We've talked a lot about uh, name, image, and likeness, and you know, I know. Uh, USC's put out some stuff that they're they're uh, partnering with some organizations to try to help their kids, you know, with branding and different things because they're foreseeing that these rules are going to change. Is Arizona State doing anything? Are you, anything you're hearing coming down the pipe? Any new rules, Q and A's, anything like that? You know, it's this, this thing has just been very difficult to track, um, just because you have all the you know many different states, um, you know, that are involved. Um, you know, on a congressional level, the NCAA. Um, so the future has been very hard to predict. You know, we, we do have a pretty good idea of, or at least some framework of what it's going to look like. But, um, you know, from our standpoint, us on campus, we're just trying to kind of foreshadow or, or predict kind of what policies and processes we're going to have to put in place. And then, you know, I, I think... Well, here at ASU, we've developed, um, we're trying to figure out, you know, from an educational standpoint, because there's limited institutional involvement, or actually no institutional involvement, but you can provide as much education as necessary. So how can we use institutional resources, existing institutional resources to help these student athletes out? So for example, we have this Office of Entrepreneurship and Innovation. So student athletes that want to start their own businesses, you know, how can we use these guys to, um, you know, use this group to have our student athletes tap into just like any other student. Um, you know, we have the a master in sports law and business program at ASU that has faculty and staff that um, are well, very, very versed in, uh, well versed in, you know, sports and sports law and sports businesses and so forth. Um, so what education can they provide to student athletes? Um, you know, the Jeremy Dallows of the world, brand management, um, so forth. So how can you use what you already have um, at your institution without spending a dime, um, you know, to create a program that your student-athletes can can max, maximize their name and like this when they get here? Um, but, us, you know, compliance professionals, we're, we're trying to set the, set the backbone, set the, the structure in place for when it actually happens because um, – it's going to be, uh, it'll be a real interesting time come, you know, next fall. Yeah. And is that when they're kind of slating? I mean, these rules to start in the fall? That, that August one is what kind of we're, we're planning for. Um, 
But like I said, this thing's been it's tough to track, and you know, um, yeah, we're possibly NCAA is not going to vote on it um, at a convention. So, um, yeah. August 1 is kind of how we're playing right on campus right now. It sounds like it's a little bit of a moving target, right? Because because we don't really know a lot of what when the, when this vote's going to happen. But I, personally, I, I was really impressed with what Arizona State's already trying to do. I mean, that thought of having the resources that you already have on campus and applying those to mm-hmm. what you, you know, to, to educate these kids, these mm-hmm. student athletes, that's brilliant. I think that's 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 really good thinking. Yeah, that's that's pretty proactive, man. Like like uh, Mr. Chandler is, you know, he's going to get it done. He's going to get. <laughs> he's gonna, well, Brad, if anybody can do it in the clients' world, I know you're you're going to figure this out. Um, you know, one day we're going to pull you to USC compliance, but right now you're doing a great job at Arizona State. Um, but you know, thank you for being on the podcast and and good insights as always. And uh, you know, we'll let you go get into your weekend a little bit here and. Uh, um, how locked down is Arizona? Are things pretty pretty tight with COVID stuff right now? Uh, you know, not, not as much as you think. I, I, tra- I was fortunate enough to travel back to Michigan, um, where I'm from, uh, for Christmas, and uh, it was a lot more locked down there. So, yeah, um, you know, we still obviously have you know several restrictions in place, but uh, it feels a little freer. Yeah. Uh, than Michigan right now. Gotcha. gotcha. All right. All right, Brad. Well, good talking to you, man. As usual, let's keep in touch. And uh, I think maybe Spence and I will have to maybe get, get down to Arizona State, get to a football game one of these days. Absolutely. And you got to get with your scheduling department and get that BYU game back on the docket, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah. Right. See you, man. Bye. Have a All right. Absolutely incredible conversation with Brad. And, and I was super impressed with his answer about what Arizona State is doing in regards to the NIL uh, rules that are coming down the pipe. You know, I mean, the, the, the foresight to have the, the skill set that you already have within your school and connect those skilled professionals and students with these student athletes to make sure that they're able to maximize their money that they can make off their name image and likeness within the rules. Mm-hmm. That seems like a, that seems like a no brainer. It seems like most all schools should be doing stuff like that. Yeah. I bet you some are, but it's like, yeah, you have to be proactive. That's the thing in compliance. I always use that term, right? Proactive. The reason being is if you, if you're always reactive, you're just answering fire questions in compliance. Like, uh, Hey, I'm doing this tonight. I'm going to this banquet. It's good, right? Hey, I got this. And you can just, you're reactively responding to all this stuff. You're going to have mistakes and, and violations. You have to get out in front. What's coming down the pipe and what policies do we need to have in place? What right. education has to happen before that train gets to us? Right. And, and so they can, all the schools can see this in name, image, likeness coming down the pipe. They're going to have to get ready for it, but it's a little bit of a moving target. Nobody knows exactly what it's going to look like. Uh, but Arizona state's using the resources as is USC and a few others to try to, how do we educate the kids? How do we, you know, because the schools, the sports are going to say, how do we maximize our kids' potential? So they, they want to come here. They're going to see his recruiting perspective. Exactly. Compliance is going to be a little bit nervous and say, how do we make sure this is all permissible under the rules? So everybody's got a different little angle to it. Um, but it's coming. You know, I, what I fear, to be honest, Spence, though, is that some of these kids are not going to have all the opportunities they were thinking. You're going to have a lot of people all of a sudden that are starting all their own businesses. They're all doing all these YouTube channels. 
they're doing shirt businesses, everything's all of a sudden it's going to be not as interesting when everyone around the country is all of a sudden doing it. I think it saturates the market a little bit and then it'll be like, yeah, everybody's got their own t-shirt business. Everybody's got their own YouTube and it's going to just focus on the stars. It's going to be the Trevor Lawrence's of the world. It's going to be the Zach Wilson's. You know, those people are going to have profit from this. Right. But I think just the regular Joe Blow on the team is what it's going to do is get compliance out of the job of regulating the random stuff. But I don't think they're going to see much financial. Yeah, I just, I just, I just keep coming back to title nine to me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like how, do, you know, how are you going, how are you going to make it equal? Well, they're going to have to, they're going to have to present all of it the same and give every uh, student athlete the same access, the same time and, try, and the school has to do whatever they can to facilitate it to be equal. As long as they do that and it's an outside entity giving extra, uh, I think it can survive it, but you're going to have to be careful. You, you know, if you have these agents coming in or you have these, Marketing people, you have to give the same access to the women, to the men, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, because you're not gonna, you're not going to want like <laughs> an agent, an you know, the uh, someone agent for Gatorade isn't going to want to come on to Clem Clemson's campus, for example, and make a pitch to Trevor Lawrence and also the first baseman on the softball team. Yeah, they're not. Right? Yeah, that's just that's just not a reality. <laughs> and so that to me is going to, anyways, and we've talked about this, but that just is going to create all these problems. And so I think it's really smart. Did I guess when you were at USC and Oregon State, was that something that you guys would do where you would use the resources that you already have to help educate some of these kids with some of maybe some opportunities that they have after after their sport ends? Yeah, it was mostly done in like a, hey, you want to work in this major. So when you come on campus during your visit, we're going to incorporate someone from that department to talk to you, explain the major, explain right. how things work after the fact. Hey, let's show you our career resource center. Let's have you meet someone from the career resource center. Let's have you go over to the bookstore. Let's have you meet this person. So you would meet like a head of a department to kind of explain how it would work when you're on campus and afterwards. Gotcha. Um, you know, USC did a little bit of that too. Hey, the Trojan Alumni Network, you know, hey, you want to um, you want to work in cinema? Let's go take you to the cinema school. Let's, let's talk to one of the professors. What kind of jobs do people get? So you can kind of sell that a little bit. But it's more just like here are the resources you can use when you're here, kind of on your own. It's not necessarily as a student athlete. You're just these are resources you can happen to use here if you bring your talents here. Yeah, because the way that Brad was talking to me was that he was saying, "Look, we want these kids to be able to know how they can monetize themselves and set up their own YouTube channel or yeah. set up their own, you know, <laughs> monetize their their Twitter page or whatever. And that's where the students and the professors at the specific school are going to be able to connect with these student athletes and allow them to teach them skills to start monetizing their themselves based on their name likes and image. Yeah. That 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 to me is I mean it's like if schools are any school out there is listening that's not doing that yeah. should be doing that. Well, they'll do it right away because it's going to help in recruiting. Because if you're not doing it, other schools are going to be, and the kids are going to say, I'm going to go to that school so I have a chance to make more money exactly. than here. It's yeah. going to be a recruiting tool, so you're going to have to do it. But I do worry about oversaturation in the market. I mean, you see right now, Spence, I mean, how many NFL players, NBA players are on national commercials and stuff? There's a hand. Very, very small amount. Right. So you're going to have some, you're, you are going to have a Trevor Lawrence. You are going to have a wide receiver. You're going to have some of that. Yeah. But I think that a lot of D1 athletes are going to think all of them are going to be making a bunch of money. They're, I think they're going to be sadly mistaken. Um, and so we'll see what happens. But this might oversaturate the market and be kind of a strange. But at the end, say gets their hands out of it and says, you know, you do you, honey boo boo. Yeah. You know, I mean, can you name me one, uh, one active wide receiver in the NFL who has a national, a national, uh, 
uh, uh, ad or anything ad ad company like Larry Fitzgerald with Phoenix University for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and then Michael Irvin has some stuff with like Geico and Deion Sanders yeah. has some stuff there. But I can't think of anybody current. Those like, are like Hall of Famers, right? Exactly. Are, because you know, but the second string wide receiver on the Seahawks, you know. Even a starter on the offensive line, or, right. or the, they're just, and so I, but I, that's I, private. They can do whatever the heck they want. They can get endorsements. Yeah. They can make appearances. Yeah. They can do radio ads. They yeah. can do whatever, and they can make money off themselves. No <laughs> problem. There's no restrictions. Right. Then, then you know, shaking that down to college, and then making sure that that's fair and equitable. I don't know. It's just, it's just. Because like so many women's rowers are going to get endorsement deals. Now, you may be back in Estonia where you're from and there's some dealership back there. Sure. There's going to be some of that, but, but it's going to be, it's going to be few and far between, but at least I guess they have the opportunity to, to do whatever they want to do and we'll see how it goes. But I don't know that it's going to be the boon. Now here's the thing, Spencer, you have Zach Wilson. Let's say he gets a couple hundred thousand dollars to do some stuff. Right. He's around a bunch of kids that aren't getting any money. And he's saying, well, could you loan me a little bit of money? I'm going to go to the league too. Can you, have you loan me some money? And now, now he's got resources to start side businesses yeah. to help fund things. It could be a Ponzi scheme. It could get weird. Yeah, it could get weird. And I, I guess real quickly though, I wanted to ask you, do you know a lot of Estonian women rowers? You said you brought up women rowers from Estonia. Do you know a lot of? I, I think, yeah, there's certain <laughs> places over there where rowers come from. And it's like, I mean, just specific. You, you love those Baltic state rowers. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're fantastic. These are athletes that come over and, and, and really when you go to USC or BYU, you're going to see the women's rower yeah, from right. Estonia. That's you right. are, Spence. Right. You're not, not from Latvia. No, no, no. no, no. Lithuania. Yeah, no, Estonia. Estonia. Yeah. And then, and that's why that's, that gets butts in the seats. <laughs> that's <man>. right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so AP, you had a pretty incredible year picking games this year. I mean, what do you think my record was? I don't know if we exactly kept, but I, I mean, my, my from my recollection, I think altogether you were forty six and four throughout the year. Would you take those? I mean, that's out of fifty games. Out of 50 you're going to win forty six and four. You you missed four games. We did this for a long time. We you didn't were, cheat. No cheating. These were these were recorded Friday before the games, mm -hmm. and just like today. So now you got a couple of days. And I didn't have advance notice. I mean, no advance notice. Yeah. I would I would just tell you, you know, you didn't do any research or anything. I think Jeff sets this absolutely, and this is just shooting from the head, mm -hmm. right? Uh, okay, so we've got a national championship game on on Monday. This is the big one. Mm -hmm. We got Ohio State Alabama. Alabama is this is uh, Alabama's eight point favorites. This is Monday night starting at 5 o'clock. Um, you know, Alabama's 12-0. and 0, uh, Haven't really been challenged all year. I don't think anybody's come within even a couple of touchdowns of them. I'll have to look at the scores, but I don't think anybody's even challenged them. Versus Ohio State, that, you know, they, they whooped up on Clemson like they were nothing. But they were challenged by schools. They, Northwestern gave them a game for a little while. Indiana gave them a game for a little while. Um, and, you know, what do you think? So you're, what's your prediction? Give, give us a breakdown. Alabama, Ohio State, Monday Night National Championship. You know who challenged Alabama's Florida? Florida gave Alabama a little scare. I think, they, I think Alabama won by six, if I'm not mistaken. And the reason for that is I think Alabama hasn't played a ton of top talent. Uh, they've played, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, they've played th teams like Kentucky and LSU and Mississippi State and Tennessee and some good teams. I mean, Georgia. They played Georgia, and, and Georgia's good, and kind of early. You know, and I think that you – know, so, so I'm not saying Alabama's a bad team by any means. 
I just don't know if they've played all of the elite teams, right? And we start getting into these elite teams, suddenly it gets tight. Ohio State is an elite football team. Right. You know, they're with elite athletes. With elite athletes. They're going to give them a run for their money. They really are. I think Alabama does come out on top. I think they win by seven, maybe 10, something like that. But I think that going into the fourth quarter, it's within a score. It's a tight game. People are surprised. And it's a good national championship game. Um, and so I'm looking forward to, I think Alabama squeezes it out and then Spence, Nick Saban retires. No way. I'm calling it right here. Nick Saban's going to yeah. retire. Oh That's, my Those are the rumblings I'm hearing. <laughs> he is retiring. And, and, uh, and so Alabama's run could end. Who's going to take year. over for him? He'll, he'll promote someone from up from within, but it won't be exactly the same. And you'll see, start seeing some kind of rifts in the crack and, and it'll kind of, falter a little bit and they'll still be a good team for a few years but they i think start seeing alabama rank 17th 19th all right well. and that sort of thing <laughs> and then and then in the and then the shifts and you know who fills that vacuum us usc, fills USC. That vacuum. all right yeah yeah. Okay. yeah yeah i i knew you were gonna i knew somehow you were gonna bring it back to you <laughs> but i i just don't i don't see nick saban retiring and maybe and i maybe, think he's 70 years old that's true i mean he's he wants to go out on top that's right, because you imagine, let's say he had a terrible year. You don't want to go if you're a legend like that. You don't want to go out in a year that you don't make the. You're like seven and six or some kind yeah, of. I mean, they're lo- they're going to be losing a ton of talent, right? Yeah, they're, they're going to use their top two wide receivers, their yeah. quarterback, pretty much all of their offensive line. Yeah, they're not going to be this good again for a couple of two three years. Yeah, and so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but I. I uh, maybe 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 AP's breaking hot news here. Maybe. Yeah, I've done it before. You have done it before. I yeah. was the first to say Pac-12 is going to play because I knew it. Yeah, and uh, I'm saying Nick Saban's going to retire because I probably know it. <laughs> well, all right, you'll have to continue <laughs> keep an eye on that. That's for sure. So, anyways, well, we hope everybody's having a good start of the 2021 year. Uh, we're we're looking forward to an awesome year. We think this year is going to be. Awesome! This is going to be a great year. Lots of good things happening. We're gonna we're gonna keep you, the listener, up to date on everything that we can regarding college sports, sports law in general. Uh, we love interaction. If you ever want to shoot us any emails or shoot us any questions, we're happy to respond. Uh, but uh, we hope everybody's staying safe and healthy out there, and and enjoy the the national championship game on Monday. Yeah. And as our producers uh, have told us, we need to keep it spicy and hot and fresh and young. So, you know, we talk, we, we've incorporated lit into the show That's right, and yeah. fire That's right. and things. Uh, what are you, what are, what are your, you have a keyword you always yeah, say? Yeah, something is rad. 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 Oh right, no. Yeah. Right. That's rad. Something yeah. That's rad. rad. Really cool. <laughs> I mean, we, we're doing it, dude. We're hip. We're yeah, hip. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're keeping out, <laughs> we're getting this thing going and we're and next week. We have a fun guest uh, lined up. From the great state of Arizona. Hey, let's keep it going. Maybe we do a whole Arizona month. A whole, yeah, a month in Arizona in January. That's the right month to do That's it. That's right. All right. Stay safe out there.